Wasted Today's episode show. of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound, as always. They've been with us since the very beginning. If you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us, and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out. Use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Mickey forgets it. If they changed the rules and took the champions provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good is it ever weird listening back to yourself no no No. not at all i was just laughing because (laughs) while we were playing that just the creative person in me is like you know what i should have taken a mic out saturday night because we could have made four different versions of that intro so (laughs) welcome to the show welcome to the black i was just thinking because we we just basically got a lesson on the microphones we've had for a year and a half (laughs) oh yeah and 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 andy told us to go uh turn off the fan that was in the background because it'll trip up your head my head's always naturally tripped up Mm -hmm. and uh I just right as this got silent and I could hear myself think I almost I, it might trip me up even more than oh, no. the fan was on in the background. It takes like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like sleep. It's like the first time you sleep without a fan. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're totally fucked. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, this is the Black Flag podcast. Uh, we are back at the Solero Commerce compound. As always, I am Charlie Sanborn at C Sanborn. I, I, I. You are at uh, you are Bradley Saucer at Bsauce96. Together, we're at Black Flag Pod on all things social media. That's Instagram account. That's a Twitter account. That's a Facebook account. More importantly, that is on the Patreon app as well, too. And if you have not figured it out by now, uh, we do have our good pal uh, for the third time, uh, hopefully the second recorded time <laughs> yes. uh, on the show, Andy Austin. Um, we are two days removed uh, from some pretty significant news um and uh and thank you for coming uh yeah uh, thank you i gotta uh i gotta thank you for teaching me about the one or the single name on all platforms of social media like because i was just i i didn't know dude i'm a middle-aged guy i I joined instagram i was like yeah where i got my new balance so i got (laughs) cheese it shirt on i'm I'm rocking it right now but no i was like andy austin graham on instagram because i'm like ah whatever it's the dumbest name i could think of Mm -hmm. but you're like no all things the same on all platforms same. and like that makes so much sense because when the radio broadcast is done i'm like yep connect on socials andy austin main boom saves 20 seconds yeah i've, so, I've been trying for the longest time to just make my twitter handle because back at least when i was in high school you don't know how to cool, change it well no so <laughs> when i was like freshly removed out of high school too i wanted my twitter name to just be b sauce because b sauce 96 was it's only there because someone else had b sauce well the uh, guy that had b sauce has never tweeted and he created his account in like 2009. So oh, Twitter wow. announced this thing where they were going to go go back and basically get rid of all the like unactive like inactive accounts basically. And that was like right after we started this deal where Charlie starts and every single time he goes B 
Vsauce96 on all things social media because everything is Vsauce96. Well, right. I've been trying and trying and trying, and I still can't even get it. Some dude named Bob Saucerman. Uh, he, <laughs> you know his name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know Good where pals. he lives. Yeah. That wow. son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter, I guess, in that oh, sense man. anyways, because I don't really use I think Twitter it, all that much. And if I change that, then I'd be fucked. It's a brand now at this point, though. Yeah. If, if you change it, people are going to be like, I don't want to do that. They're just going to not do it. Yeah. yeah. I should have just um, started out with Vsauce69 and just got it over nice. with. Yeah. No, that was the backwards number. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Considering your brand, that would have been so forward thinking. It, right. It yeah. would have been incredible, yeah, I mean, honestly. Yeah. They just the, the way to, that we could have fallen back on that. That would have been the BFP been nice. brand. That would have been nice. I've but thank you guys it. for uh, for having me on the show. I, I yes. did request to be on this show. It wasn't like you guys invited me. So just uh, full disclosure on that one. So um, if the audio gets fucked up, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's completely on me. But so, um, um, like 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 I did say though, we are we are a few days re- or a couple days removed from pretty significant news to um, not only not only us specifically, but um, short track racing in general, the state of Maine in general, um, and a lot of lives, a lot of families, a lot of uh, things affected by that. So thank you for volunteering mm. your time to, to hang out with us. And um, you know, what, what's your what's your take on all this? What I mean, it seems as though nobody knew. No, no, and that was the big misnomer based on uh, my part in that, mm-hmm. which we can get to. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, open floor. It's all I, you. I had no idea whatsoever mm-hmm. what was coming um and it was a shock it was i mean like everybody else i think even a few days removed we're still going through the five stages of grief yeah and anger is one of them yeah and um i had to process all of that within the 15 minutes that uh, mr cusack took to speak of the, the transaction and it was the most awkward thing I have ever been a part of in my life. I think that that makes all hundreds of us that were mm. a part of that. Yeah. Um, I have no issue with someone who, you know, oh, I don't think anybody does. I don't think many people have issues with uh, land ownership and the right to be able, this is America. You mm-hmm. can, it's America. You can do whatever you like. I mean, it's it's one of the freedoms of it, you know. It's, it's yours. It's... Um, you know, as as he's pointed out a number of times, it's your sandbox. It's my sandbox. This is what I can do with it and everything. And it and always has been. Yes, I, I get that. Um, I think the part that you know, it's one of those things where it's not what you said, but it's how you said it, and, yes. and it's a time and place for everything. Had I, I'm glad actually in retrospect, I didn't know. I spent, you know, most of the next few hours while still processing this. I'm like, why didn't I at least get tipped off a little bit? You know, uh, but that was making that about me. And then I thought, you know what? I'm really glad he didn't in, in, in retrospect. And I think that's probably the same for a lot of the other employees and key people, um, especially racers. I mean, if, if the racers were, were told, hey, this is your last night, like ever. How would the night be a different, a championship night? Would it have been compromised? Um, likely. It would, would it be very, very high on emotion on a night that's extremely high on emotion? Sure thing. Uh, I can't speak for everybody's experience, but you know, selfishly in the booth, we had not only great races, but we had awesome storylines. And I felt that we had um, a great product for the audience to consume and everybody had a good time. So we could actually leave out on, on a high note. Now, if 
five minutes before this is all going to go down, it was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. No, 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 no. I understand time and place. But the part that really irked me and still irks me to this point, and I think it always will. I mean, I'm damn pissed off that the people who worked so hard to achieve, who brought their families, who brought their loved ones, friends, whatever, sponsors, and uh, all the buildup to everything that they had performed throughout the year, whether you finished 10th, whether you're, uh, you know, you're Brandon Johnson and you're celebrating a championship, whether you're Gary Smith and you're 65 years old and you're winning your first championship. Uh, Rusty Poland had a shot at the Pro Series too, and that would have been amazing for uh, for Chummy. Um, you know, so many, you know, Brandon Lazat, who was so close to a couple of different championships, finally got his, and he had all of his loved ones there. You took that from those people. You took that from the very people who, minutes before, you said that mattered. How many times, did the, I don't know if there's a transcript or it's on video, it's 2021, I'm sure that it is, but I heard the words, you matter, five times in that 15 minutes. And then it was, I mean, how can these people matter and how can you follow through on those words and treat them like that? It, it to me, felt like a rug being pulled out from everybody, right. everyone. The, the way, like you said, the way that it went down was tasteless, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It was very, um, I don't know if selfish is the right word. No, completely. Um, That's exactly what it, it was. It was very selfish. It was very tasteless. It was not considerate of anyone whom, like myself or other people who have dumped tens or hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars into this establishment, tens or thousands of hours and all sorts of things to just be like, yep, we're done. So uh, I feel the exact same way. That's the only thing that like really upset me that night. But if we talk about how I feel like we probably should talk about how it went down for the people that weren't there. Um, oh, so the, right. night, the night of yeah. racing. Yeah. <laughs> we assume everybody's there. Brad, the, thanks for being the brains yes, of the operation. Yeah, that's yeah, usually that's, a me thing. That, well, yeah. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I don't have many. You've brains, come so but, far. Oh, I know. Um, turning the so, fan off. See what turning the fan off did for you? Yeah, yeah. I have, I have a clear head. There's <laughs> yeah. something in between my ears right now. Yeah. So the whole night of racing goes down. Championship night of Beatridge. Um, An you incredible know, show. Yeah, yeah. It was a great, great night of racing. Yeah. You know, people's dreams were fulfilled. Correct. And you know, you have an autograph session at the end of the night where every single driver goes out on the front stretch, signs autographs. All the fans are out there. Everyone's having a good time. Well, after the autograph session's done, they're having the awards banquet for the entire year for all the quote-unquote Thursday cars, the Saturday cars, everything. Which, mind you, isn't super typical of the Saturday series. Now, it's t- usually you, you you go a month or two uh, removed from the last race. We all go to the Holiday Inn by the Bay in Portland. There's trophies, banquet hall. You, you do it right. You get suited up. You, yeah. you get to uh, fulfill your full accomplishment in front of loved ones, in front of sponsors, in front of all of that. You get to do it right. And I maybe I dropped the ball on this, didn't hear this, but I didn't know that they were doing all of it at the end of the night, yeah. uh, Thursdays and Saturdays. And that's part of what you and I talked about. I, you, I was pissed. Yes. I was fucking mad, mad, mad because I walked over to that French stretch. I'm like, what the fuck is all this? And you're telling me it well, it's, it's the banquet. I'm like, what do you mean? It's the fucking banquet. <laughs> I'm like, cause it's, he's on a, a shitty ass wooden trailer that might as well have been, you know, Joe Schmuckatelli's hay farm trailer. 
looks incredibly unprofessional looks tasteless you like, would have again, bought it at a spirit halloween store you it probably came from one <laughs> and there's trophies that are a joke um if you win a championship you, when i was racing go-karts you won a six foot tall trophy kids that race go-karts are not even six feet tall that that shows your accomplishment that it's a shitty five dollar piece of plastic but that's why you show up and these trophies didn't even come up to my waist for the champion of a Saturday night pro series division. And you're not that tall. And I am not that tall. <laughs> Jeez. And, and and there's no names on them. There's nothing. It's not personalized at all. It was very lackluster. Not not knocking on you, but that's all you had to work with. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I I was I was pissed from the beginning and then we get all this other news dumped on us. Yeah. Uh, right so, on the front stretch. So the owner of Beechridge, Andy Cusack, comes up on stage at the end of the autograph session right before like Andy just said Andy Austin just said, uh, all these drivers with all their family, all their sponsors and everything are about to get awarded their season long commitment. You know, the, the basically get rewarded for their commitment for the whole entire year comes up on stage and drops the ball. The Beatridge is being sold to an out of state developer and will not be. Well, it's under well, contract. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's key won't be. because again, you guys don't realize, even though it's just us three sitting here at the table, you do have a fairly major platform. And just speaking from experience and, and dealing with some of the press that I've dealt with outside of you two, um, I was careful with my words. And the reason why I was is because there's a potential blowback when you don't know who's listening because there are the, the, I'm not going to completely Republican it up here, but the press has a way of painting racing in a certain way and, um, and, and putting things at a certain slant. And one of the only, the only way that I agreed to do an interview with one of them was on the condition that it wouldn't be a slander piece. They messaged me back two times. They said, well, what did you say when you, what did you mean when you said this? You know, so there's obviously going to be a big story that comes out about this, but you got to be very careful with your words on that one. Uh, I had to be. So it's not sold. It's just under contract pending. And then they said, well, is it from this state? I said, I don't know. I only know it's from out of state because I know there's a non-disclosure agreement and that's out of, you know, and out of respect to, um, you know, the process, you, you know, you, you got to honor that. So we don't know if it's sold. We only know what we're told, which is that it's under contract from an out of state developer. Yeah. Which at least points you in the right direction of bad. That's not great. Correct. That's right. not great. Just news. for verbiage, though. Anyway, yeah. yes. Yeah, for, you don't for, want it to yeah. be quoted on Black Flag podcasts no. that hey, they but they said this. Well, no. I mean, they, they say and they can bad, fuck themselves anyway. They say but, bad publicity is good publicity. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it, I, I, <laughs> you've I, never I, been sued, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> um, give it time. Yeah. We will be. Yes, I'm sure. Will. You, you uh, know, you've made it when you've been sued. Well, <laughs> when you receive two things: a lawsuit and a or a cease and desist order. Well, we have a lot of shows that were pulled off Spotify for music that we may may or may not. Uh, should have been using, I guess, yeah. at the early stages of this podcast. Well, we so we still don't know what yeah. we're doing. A little yeah. more yeah. when we first started, but worldwide records or something's not happy with us is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> Poor bastards. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I think it all just revolves back around to um, how it was done. Yeah, not, not necessarily why or, or the, the 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 full logistics of everything, but it was how it was portrayed and how it was done it was it, it seemed as though it was a giant slap in the face of everybody that was there the part that irks me the most and and feel and the feeling the best thing that i've i've been able to surmise about this entire experience is it's like watching a movie or even being in a movie and someone is beating the living shit out of you 
and they're killing you. And while they're killing you, they're telling you why they're killing you and that why you should sympathize with them for killing you. And if you were in their position, you'd kill yourself. If the words are going to come out of your mouth saying, there's nobody here that would refuse that offer. Did you poll those people? Every man has a price. Not everybody can be bought. If there are multiple offers and if we're all about community and we matter, then you at least heavily entertain those offers. And maybe you kick the can for a little bit and realize what you're doing for the community as opposed to maybe just yourself. And that's the part that I have the problem with. And that individual knows better. Don't speak for us is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. No, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole process, my training and and my relationship with Andy goes back to 1986. You, I wouldn't be on this podcast. You and I would have never met had it not been for his tutelage, his guidance, his friendship. He's one of my best friends on the planet. He's a second father to me. At times, he's been more of a father than my own father. You know, we don't always get along. I think that's been documented. So he knows, I know only from him not to do these very things. And the fact that that was pulled out in front of people that supposedly matter. If it was somebody who was rogue and didn't know better, now I feel like the adult here scolding. That's what I have the biggest problem with, how it was done by someone who knows better. My take on that too is that it was not, two years ago we are sitting in the banquet hall of the holiday inn by the bay in portland and rumors are flying that you know the track is going to be sold it's going to be houses it's going to be this that the other thing it's somebody else is going to buy it and andy cusack takes a microphone and i don't know that he's the greatest public speaker ever Mm. um but he very much made a point in saying that the racetrack is not for sale it is not going anywhere all of the people that are there to support not only him at the time, his family, the racetrack that has been built and founded on for the last 70 some odd years, there will always be a place for us to race. And there was nothing for us to worry about in regards to it disappearing. Mm-hmm. Not two years later, we are being told the exact opposite. And for reasons in which we allegedly, like you said, would, would have done the same thing. I, I don't know that I would have. No. Because at what point is the difference between four or five million dollars, or five to six million dollars, things I, like that? I don't know what it is. I know yeah. nobody knows what the numbers, makes but... me happy, and I know what keeps me. I'm not. I, I'm the Andy who's not the millionaire. That's how we can yeah. you know differentiate each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that, and I have no problem. Anything I will say here, I could say to his face. Yeah. You know, I would have made a different choice, knowing what I know. So when I say that, I don't know all of the circumstances that led him to the decision that he did. He's obviously a very smart individual. He's a great businessman. He's never been accused of being stupid. And there's a direct reason why he did what he did that none of us know. So it's hard for us to have not walked in his shoes to say what we would have done, even though I just did. As me, with the set of information that I have in front of me today, I would have made a different decision for the for the sake of the community I would have, uh, I assume he had a, you know, a, a something that's going to, if something that's going to wash his hands of the racetrack, and if he can get away profitable, comfortable, and to his liking, and other people can pick up the ball and run with it, and he doesn't have to deal with it anymore, I don't see the problem. 
But then again, I don't have all of the information. Nobody has all the information. So in a way, it's almost unfair for us to paint him in a corner. I'll be Andy Cusack. He's been my biggest defender when at times he probably shouldn't have been. And, and I'll defend him on this one. Am I pissed about everything I've just said? Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I guess that's where that sits. So, so getting, getting into a, a little bit deeper, what, I mean, obviously we, I, I myself have been spending as much time as you possibly can, um, mm-hmm. at that particular facility for the last 21 years. My, my racing career can literally drink at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, and I have at Beatridge Motor Speedway, um, often <laughs> and a mm-hmm. lot. Um, but where does this where does this land for you? Because not only is this something that has been kind of, depending on how you look at it, how you want to say it, was ripped out from underneath us mm. um, to look at it selfishly. Um, but you are also a part of. We both are a part of the main vintage race car association, where it quite literally states we are there to help preserve the history of racing in the state of Maine. And now this is something that is so incredibly vital and key to that, mm. that is now almost it's like it's going to n- have never happened. Um, so where does this land in terms of like a, a blow or, or how big of a hole does this leave for Andy Austin? Because I know it's, I know the answer for me. I guess I don't understand the question. So fully. like how, how big of a hit? What is this? How big of a hit is, is this Beach to you? Ridge? you know uh ceasing to exist a big hit for main vintage race car association no, and take and, take that i meant i'm talking to you andy austin i don't matter you, no you do matter <laughs> else we wouldn't be talking no, to no, you no. let me explain to you how i don't matter okay so when all of this goes down the 15 minutes of here's why i'm selling it you would do the same thing everybody have their stopwatches which what kind of shit was that and then i'm going to pretend that none of this actually matters so I'm going to light off fireworks for 50 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you ever see that movie Office Space? Uh, Not The Office, but Office Space. So YouTube it next time you get a chance. There's a scene in the movie where everybody has to sing happy birthday to the boss. And clearly nobody is interested in singing happy birthday to the boss because it's such <laughs> a miserable place to work. But yet they do it because it's, it's, it's the most awkward scene in movie history ever. Uh, Sean Foster probably knows what I'm talking about. Probably. Shout to him because yeah. he's, he's really good with those references. Um, so that all happens, and I'm processing all of this. And then they give me the mic and say, okay, entertain these people. I'm going to turn the mic over to you, and you're going to award these trophies. What the hell? <laughs> you know, like I said, never been in that type of – I've never been so awkward in my life. But in that moment – I could have done a couple of different things. I was still going through all the, you know, the, the five stages of grief. One of them, anger. Anger is front and center. Um, and, and here's where I realized it wasn't about me. Old me. And I almost said, mic drop, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, good night. And nobody, not one person, maybe one person, but everybody else would have said, all right, I get it. And that would have been the end of it. And they would have had to pick up the pieces. But... At that moment, those people who were feeling the exact same thing that the three of us were needed someone to carry the water. Now, just because I'm feeling really bad about the situation doesn't mean I get to project that on everybody else. Gary Smith is 65 years old, has waited his entire life for this moment. I bring up Brandon Johnson again. 
I, I, I can, all I can just, I can see Josh Hodgson's mullet in his face and it just completely sinking. These people deserve their moment in the sun and that it's diminished by the actions of the man who came before me. That's him. I have the opportunity to change that and make it for everybody else. And that's what I chose to do. And I'm thankful that I did. I'm so glad that I didn't tell everybody else to fuck off and walk away. I would have three years ago. I would have done that. I would have liked to see you do that to see who picked up the microphone and what they had to say. So, Oh yeah, just, no. Yeah. If you just drop the microphone, it might have started a riot. It, so what? What, <laughs> it, what? What has changed for Andy Austin in those last three years where that decision would have been different? I learned that that I don't matter individually. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me put it to you this way: I'm not saying that I don't matter as a human being. Quite the opposite. Does anybody go to the races to listen to the race announcer? Mm-hmm. No. It helps. Yeah. It helps. I don't know. Right. I don't know that we've it's, ever had any stranger come to Beatridge and be like, well, that sucked. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, maybe they're not the coming just to see I'm, you. Correct. But. See, so you just answered my question. So who was there? Um, was, was anybody there to see me hand out awards? Was any person in that audience? Charlie didn't know the awards were being handed out, so no. Correct. <laughs> well, uh, so to pr- so to go on that don't argue I I don't know no I I so I didn't go to specifically watch you do that thanks for the answer but if I go there and someone else does it I'm mad right why isn't Andy doing this yeah I think well, that, that is my job why that's fair I think in a way you do matter you in do, that sense because if you go to the racetrack and you're it, not announcing it's the same exact thing it's, it's like what is this what's going on individually and, and and to go back on that even more the year that you were absent and there were fill-ins. They they did they did a good job. Yes, they Ryan did. Ryan Valachi did a good job. Yes, there was a void. You you do matter. There's in, a in void. There's that. a void because there's habit. Anybody Maybe. who came in and and did that job for twenty. Why do people still go to Alan Jackson shows? Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Because Alan Jackson's going to get up there, he's going to sing Chattahoochee, he's going to sing Living on Love, and when you go to an Alan Jackson show, you expect a certain thing. You expect Alan Jackson. Now, if Alan Jackson starts rapping, it's going to be weird. So my point is, people get used to what they what they know, and, and I am fortunate enough to know that I provide a comfort level to an audience. That doesn't mean I don't matter, again, as an individual, but nobody's there to see me. So why make a moment that isn't even about me, about me? Fair enough. It's about the racers. It's about the people who achieved. I didn't achieve. I picked up the paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. So, um, you know, that's why that's what changed. But uh, I quit that place in part because of some of the behavior that was exuded that, uh, on Saturday night. It there were things that were going on at the racetrack that I did not agree with. That had nothing to do with race announcing. But I thought that if I inserted my ego and I inserted my stature at the racetrack, that people would follow along and go, you know what? That's fucked. I'm getting out of here too. You know, and what kind of self-serving asshole shit is that? <laughs> Doesn't that sound ridiculous when you break it down that way? So, um, you know, so that's where I'm at today. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just there to carry the water and, and serve the people and tell the stories that are there to be created. I'm just the... I'm just the mouthpiece, you know, I'm just the bucket of water that's carrying it across the, you know, the dock or whatever. Um, that's a terrible analogy. But the point being, um, 
yeah, no, that's not my role there. My role is to call the races and to entertain the audience. And um, I don't matter. So, so obviously that doesn't mean that you have any sort of lack of, of passion or lack of um, desire to continue doing it. I assumed we, you know, going into 2022. So we thought before all this happened, life was going to continue to be the way it was. I mean, stands seemed to be getting a little bit more full. Yeah. Excitement started to seem, you know, to get a little bit more hyped up. You know, we had the modifieds back. That was a very big deal at Beach Ridge. Um, that the racing has been incredible all year. Uh, it doesn't matter what series it. it is. And then, um, you know, the acts right through it. So, um, it, it, there, there's still a, a, a strong desire, I think for a lot of us. Um, again, it's not our sandbox. It's not any of that stuff. So what do you think the, the future holds for all these people now who, I mean, some of these people bought race cars literally two weeks ago and mm. now there's nowhere to race it. Um, that didn't there's Sanford, no one to buy it. Didn't Mike Sanford say he buy, bought a car at 11 AM the day that the track yes, was did. under contract. Yeah. Couldn't um, say the S word. Yeah. So what, 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 Good job, Brad. what, thank you. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. What is uh, Andy Austin's um, take on what the future may hold and may look like with the absence of, or the potential absence of a Beechridge Motor Speedway? Well, to get back to your main vintage race car association question, which I assume is what you're asking, uh, it's an opportunity for us where our goal, our whole being is to preserve the history of racing in Maine. And Beechridge had 73 years of it. Um, that doesn't change. In fact, um, it reinforces what we do as an organization and why it's important. If uh, people are riled up now, and, and obviously they will be for a very long time, they feel, you see, people quit the racetrack all the time. I've done it legit once, borderline twice. The difference between how we feel today and those other times and any time that you've stormed out of the racetrack or you stormed out of the racetrack is there's a completely different mindset of when you leave something and something leaves you and for the first time in 73 years something has left us and we feel betrayed just like any other relationship we don't understand all of the reasoning behind why that entity is no longer going to be one, why that relationship is not going to be the same. It's the exact same process. It's, uh, it's like suddenly losing a, a family member. Um, it's like losing a relationship. It's just the same thing. Uh, and it causes you to reflect on, on everything that you in your walk with that place has, um, has brought. Maybe you met your, your husband or wife there. Uh, maybe you made some, I'm sure you made some lifelong friends. Uh, 90% of my friends circle has been made at that track. I mean, I'll never, ever take back anything that's happened in the past 28 years. You know, that place made me, that place gave me, that place gave me confidence to be a man. That place gave me confidence to, um, interact with other human beings. Uh, I was a, um, dyslexic, shy only child with no skills whatsoever and no guidance with all due respect to my parents. Um, my first guidance came from Andy Cusack and he believed in me when nobody else would. Um, I also have fallen apart a number of times in my adult life. And that place was there for me when I wasn't even there for myself. So to lose all of that sucks. 
but it's also a double down reinforcement that you need to preserve those memories. Now, those are my memories. I didn't take a lap on the racetrack, but you did, Brad. You have a bunch of fourth place finishes. <laughs> I had Should... one third, actually, too, that okay, I didn't get a trophy so for. So. Top three. You have a top C, so you remember that. Yeah. And Charlie, you have, I mean, one of the most iconic memories of, that stands out in my head of anything I've ever seen there, especially the last 20 years, is when you won that, tw- uh, that pro series, not pro series, the uh, sports series race, the 100 lap, your first, the way you got out of that race car and friggin' owned it. I'm like, you were a 10 on that one. And I will always remember that moment of your life. And remember, and, and that's what we preserve. We preserve Charlie Sanborn's first win. Brad Saucer's, of Saucer's, B-Sauce 96, his, uh, his third place in the truck series. You know, just different things like that. So if anything, a long answer to your short question is it reinforces why we need Main Vintage Race Car Association more than ever. We will be stronger than ever, thanks to people like yourself involved. Uh, and I think the group that we have now, we are more cohesive and organized than we've ever been. Uh, we're more unified in our message and we have amazing partners in Richard and Vanessa Jordan, Ken Monnet at Wiscasset Speedway, uh, Joey, Do- uh, not Dwyron, uh, Doyon, uh, the gentleman who's bought unity, uh, support him as much as you can is as pissed off as you are at, at the current, uh, state of things at Beach Ridge. Why don't you take that energy and, and throw some positivity that guy, that guy's way. Maybe, maybe you don't go race there, but you check in with him and see what he needs and how he can build up his business. He needs a lot too. You, yes, you reinforce, you know, if you matter, you know, Andy Cusack says you matter. I say you matter too, but here's how you matter. And here's how you can contribute with action. And uh, you can be part of the solution instead of uh, dwelling on the problem. So go help the guy out at Unity. You know, help out Oxford Plain Speedway, help out Wiscasset. You know, uh, I know a lot of in Southern Maine, we're closer to Lee and we're closer to Star. So the gentleman over at Lee, I forget his name, but Bobby Weber over at Star, excellent. excellent. Joe, Joe Bassett. Joe Bassett. Yeah. yeah. So those guys have excellent facilities. Are they perfect? No. no. But let's help them be better. You know, we can't sit there and say, well, this guy sucks and fuck that guy because you know what happens? Houses get built and you're out of a racetrack. Because you, a human being can only take being browbeat so many times over, for over the years, over the decades. Can you imagine every Monday morning, 50, 100 people, whatever, telling you, you suck? I don't care how bulletproof you are. You're going to have that affect you after a while. And if you have as much skin in the game for as long as Andy Cusack had, which was probably, uh, how old is he, 55, 56? 50 something, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, he was there from the early 80s. He was running that shop, basically, in the early 80s as a teenager. So imagine you, at 55 years old, invested in the family business from that time. He's earned the right to do whatever the heck he wants. No one disputes that. How it was delivered was something completely different. But uh, people break. You know, people want to move on. They want to do different things. We only, as far as I know, we only do this once. We may be reincarnated. We may come back in different lives. I don't know. I don't remember the last one. Yeah, can't count on that. Right. I don't know if I'm going to be here again. So I'm going to damn well enjoy it while I'm here. And that was his choice. And how do we, as race fans and people who matter, we continue to matter to the things that matter the most to us, and that's racing. And that's short track racing in Maine and giving to people who can further our cause. And I think that that's, on a, on a different level, that's the entire point of this, this show that we have. This entire podcast was created to, to document the, the things that are done 
not only at the racetrack on on the track itself but in the parking lot yeah. with the people the 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 scene the vibe the, the the reasons why you need to go to the racetrack that's that's our version of what exactly you're talking about how many people have told you that you're bad for short track racing not enough that mattered like two or three yeah okay but you remember that <laughs> yeah right yeah. so dave matthews once said that you know i have a problem where i'm playing in front of fifty thousand people and forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of nine of them are enjoying the show but i'm going to concentrate on the one asshole in the middle who's not having a good time so how it relates to you is your podcast i've said from the very beginning i was one of your first supporters that what you're doing is exactly what short track racing needs. Otherwise, it's a bunch of middle-aged guys trying to figure out a different platform that they don't completely understand, myself included. You found a way to connect and bring back a certain atmosphere that's missing from racing. And your uh, your talented buddy, Daniel Eugene, you know? Incredible. I, I had such a great time meeting him a couple of days ago, and, and or weeks ago. And I was looking for, I didn't realize he was going to be there that day, but... Um, you know, what he does, that's, is you know, I've said it on Facebook, uh, and it's a soul asylum lyric, by the way. It's a really, it's an okay song. It's not the best song they've ever made. But it's nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. It's a song from Black Gold, or a line from Black Gold. And it's true. Nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. I 15 minutes before I, I knew I was going to lose my job after 30 years, I was taking a picture in pride of what we accomplished as a community with a stuffed front stretch, you know, full of, eager race fans brand new people to the sport and i'm like this is the tits this is what it's all about fucking go us you know we we made it through 2021 um that that's one piece of it the other piece is what is attractive to someone who hasn't been there besides a crowd a good time and you guys bring that good time atmosphere. You're smart enough to know that there is a line to not be a complete buffoon, but you do. You it's such it's a fun, it's an art, and you don't realize it yet. But you're what you guys are doing is the greatest contribution to short track racing in the last ten years. Jesus, <laughs> I'm almost as shocked as when I heard the news that these are just <laughs> <laughs> under contract. Yeah. Yes, no, I. I I think we both appreciate that. I don't think that we see ourselves in that light. No, uh, no. but that's because nobody understands greatness when they're doing it. Interesting. Does that mean we need to get under contract and <laughs> yes. sell this off, no. and then we'll see how good no. we are? Yeah. But, hey, no, I mean, I, <laughs> uh, there were years that people. Uh, I mean, you know, screw Jimmy Johnson. He sucks. He's a terrible guy. Fuck that guy. He's ruining NASCAR. Last two years, the guy takes the lead. The crowd erupts. He yep. spins out of the lead. People are actually bummed out when that happens. Mm -hmm. That's greatness yep. that you just didn't appreciate at that time. No one ever realizes that they're accomplishing what they're doing while they're doing it because they're busy doing it. It's only when they sit back and they look at the totality of their events that they're like, oh, it wasn't so bad after all. And I think that we're still very much in the in the trenches. Yes. I guess you could say you will be for um, the next ten years. Yeah, and that, and I think that we're okay with that. We can um, have a good time at least. We or star. Or, we yeah. we have found lightning in a bottle. Maybe mm -hmm. um, we have been trying to put the cap on. <laughs> you found the void, mm -hmm. and it's a void that no one saw. I saw it, but I know I wasn't the guy for the job. 
Um, you guys are the people for the job. You're the right guys at the right time. And that true, you know, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. It's like a song that could not be a hit in any other year than it was. Old Town Road would have never been a hit in 2010, <laughs> but it was the perfect song for 2017. That's fair. Yeah. That's I mean, fair. I, I think that this podcast has just basically been trying to connect and it all goes back to Beatridge. What my childhood was like to so basically like, like i've said before on podcast probably haven't said it in a while my whole upbringing i wasn't from a racing family i literally had to drag my dad to the racetrack I mowing lawns I, yeah i used to, i know the story i used to mow lawns because my dad wouldn't bring me to the races unless i paid for his ticket to get in so he used to always go we'd sit in turn one and you know just i would just try to have a good time he would scroll on his phone or his mm-hmm. nokia brick and play bowling or whatever and, <laughs> and i would watch the races it was a great time yeah but so what i what i found because like we've talked about the the friends that you make along the way at the racetrack my whole childhood my whole upbringing i was an only child i had a hard time fitting in i played every sport under the sun i skateboarded i did fucking everything yeah and wait a minute I, ryan newman was at the racetrack while he was on his phone and just scrolling playing bowling because you look like ryan newman's kid when you <laughs> yeah. were back <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, there was a beatridge yeah. there, there, was, there was a there was a time there where i yeah. stopped playing every sport under yeah. the sun, <laughs> yes. and i ballooned up pretty good yeah. uh, and everyone's seen the picture yeah, but that's great uh yeah. i fuck on the first date <laughs> <laughs> with a monster fucking hat on that's, that's a, i looked like a monster keg yes. that's for sure but yeah. uh so i used like when i after i got out of sports and everything and i had to try to bring the friends that I had to the racing world. And, and a lot of them didn't necessarily stick there. Um, but then I found new friends and yeah. people that were like-minded like me, and they were all from either the racing, they used to race at Beatridge or now, or, you know, they were fans just like I was. Um, and so I think that this podcast has been kind of trying to connect those two things where now, it's hard to just be like, Hey, Beatridge is racing at four to someone that doesn't usually come to the races. But if you're like, Hey, Beatridge is racing at four, you know, the tour mods are in town and we're going to be like having fires and like partying and, you know, basically just having a good time out back afterwards. Then people are like, Oh yeah. Like I'll, I'll be there. Come come for the party, stay for the race cars. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's exactly what it is. That's what it was or is. Um, and, and I think that that's, Again, going maybe a little bit more on the selfish side again too. That's that's pro- part of what makes this sting and hurt so bad is that um, this was a place in which, and not to sound liberal or whatever, but this was a place in which created a safe place for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went to Scarborough High School. Um, there were a lot of kids that I went to high school with that didn't even know that there was a racetrack on the other side of town. Had no idea. Do they not uh, open their windows uh, in the summertime? Apparently not. <laughs> Jesus, had Christ. no idea. How big is Scarborough? How do you not hear the engines? It's it's the largest <laughs> largest town area wise in the state of Maine. Um, there's a lot of people associated with that too. Um, there's gonna be more but, uh, houses. Yeah, that's <laughs> dickhead. Uh, <laughs> um, but this was a place that that provided an environment for people like myself who I didn't have a lot of friends in high school because I went racing my friends were from other towns or you know playing hockey or this that the other thing i didn't have a lot of friends from scarborough high school i I still to this day only talk to like two um so this was a place that you know anywhere else nobody knows who charlie sanborn is nobody knows who bradley saucier is but you walk through that pit gate you're getting waves. You're you're getting you know this that Mm -hmm. the other thing you know we've signed autographs for people i don't even know their names and that just creates that local 
superstar, whatever you want to call it. So maybe it's your ego inflating a little bit. Of course it is. But that was that place that I could go to and I mattered and I was somebody, um, you know, even to this day, you know, up until last week, people are asking me, I haven't raced all year. Really? Yeah. People are asking me, Hey, can I use your pit pad? Because I had (laughs) a spot that I had a stat. That was my, that was my spot. Like, like Sheldon from the big bang theory. That was my spot. Don't fuck with it. Um, and everybody had their spot and, and it's, it's, you, you've made a mark somewhere. Like uh, I, our names are in a record book somewhere for whatever the hell we may or may not have done. Um, going on it from the other side of things, you know, people have met their, their wives and husbands and, you know, brought their children there and, and had multiple generations. Dan McKegg Jr. wins his, his first race on the last night and mm. becomes a third generation winner. That's the type of stuff that, that creates that vibe, that, that environment in which you just want to keep going back for and, and be a part of it. And, you know, there, there are people there that have, you know, I, myself, I wrecked my first car there on the backstretch. I wrecked my first car there. I won my first race there. I've won a go-kart race there. I won my first ever go-kart race, first ever race ever. Um, and, and there's a lot of firsts there. There's a lot of things in which, you know, can happen in 21 years of going to a particular establishment and the growth that you see not only in that establishment and the surrounding series and the other people, but yourself in that 21 years of going there, it's hard to not be able to show that off to, you know, I'll never be able to bring my kids there. My kid will never turn a lap at Beechridge Motor Speedway. And that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I'll never be able to say, Hey, why don't we, why don't we just go to the races? Let's, let's go to Thursday Thunder. You know what I mean? Or let's, let's go to day of destruction, whatever it may be. I want to show this place off to you that's gone. And, and that's what hurts the most. It's, it's the place that I will not be able to show off and create that same environment for someone else and share that with. And that is what Bradley kind of saw me <laughs> like just post receiving information. And I had to walk out uh, bef- while you were doing the, the ceremonies there. And I, I walked across the street, um, walked across the entire front stretch parking lot there. And I, I found a tree and I just, I had a little bit of a meltdown and I had never realized that when you are talking on the, um, speakers, you can hear it clear as day all the way across the parking lot. And I listened to it and I just, I took in all of what Beechridge is and what, what it is to me and seeing the lights and the, you know, the, the dark sky with the, the, the lights that surround the racetrack and, and the red booth above the stands and, and the iconic Beechridge sign and just looking at it all from that perspective, it, it hit home, it hit home really hard. And I sat in the stands where when I first ever went to Beechridge, I sat there with my grandmother and I watched my dad race wildcats and I ate chicken nuggets. That's what I did. And I sat in that spot and and I had a moment I I had to call someone and just kind of melt down. I did. And then, uh, I go back out on the front stretch there and, you know, my, one of my, my best friends on the entire planet, Chris Smith, he wins his fourth championship in the sports series and in three different decades, which is incredible. Mm. Um, and I, I hop, he's like, Hey, you all right, kid. And he gives me a hug. I'm like, no, I'm not all right. And, uh, I hop in the side of his car, which, you know, he used to work out of a shop with my father down the street here, currently Josh Hodgson's house, Mm. which makes everything full circle. And, um, we had had the conversation of, you know, I was always the number one in the sports series and I, I had plans to move up and do this, that, the other thing. So 
he had asked me if he could have it back. I said, absolutely. You know, why not? And, um, being able to climb in the passenger window of that, which has always been a big no, no getting rides back into the pits. But I, I didn't, I don't give a fuck at yeah. that point. I don't care. Um, he's like, here, I'll give you a ride. So I, I hop in and I, I, I save the, the video that I took. Um, but it, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. Aren't you and, glad yeah. you had it though? What's that? The moment I am. Aren't you glad you had those memories? I am. I, I'm. I'm forever grateful for for having that establishment. It just all goes back to I, I wish it was done differently. The ending. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we're mad so much that there is an ending. Just that no one got an opportunity to either create the moment that I did very briefly on the fly, or had any sort of build up or countdown to something that means so much to so many people. It's not just a racetrack. It is not just a pavement circle. Uh, we, we say it all the time. The actual art of turning the steering wheel is like less than 5% of why you go to the racetrack. And that is what feels like has been yanked out from underneath us is that there is no more sense of belonging. There is no more community in the, in Scarborough to go to the racetrack. There is no more, you know, seeing your pals and friends and this, that, the other. It, it, everything is about to change. And change is one of the hardest things on the planet to overcome if you are not prepared for it. And I don't think anybody is prepared, was prepared for that news. No. And I think that, so like what part of what Andy was saying, where, you know, he's taking that picture of everyone on the front stretch and it's like, yes, we did it. Like everyone went out and I, I went out pretty late. I was over at Smitty's, Smitty's pad for quite a while. And then I went out cause they were going to start the, the award. So I wasn't even out there more than, I don't know, five minutes. And I'm standing next to Matt and Ashley right underneath the flag stand and, he gets up on stage and everyone's laughing, you know, joking around, fucking having a good time. And then he starts talking and like, it took like a couple minutes for everyone to just be like, yeah, wait, something's what? going on. Yeah. Like what the fuck just happened? So like I, in, and I'm a pretty emotional guy. I think you are as well. It, I'm standing there and I'm just like white faced, completely shocked. Like my mouth was open. I was breathing out of it. <laughs> and that's not usually me. Right. I mean, well, I'm, a, I'm a moron, but I usually, <laughs> you're not a mouth breather, I usually, <laughs> I usually, I usually figure out how to breathe out of the nose and then, you know, you get it. That's but good. so I'm standing there and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm just like looking around and there's just like this silence and there's and no one's moving. Right. Because and it's Andy like, wanted uh, 60 seconds of silence for reasons we still haven't figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I believe drama. that's called narcissism. I think that's what yeah, that's called. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty accurate statement. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I it was very, it was very gloomy. It was very surreal. But and you then, matter, Charlie. And yeah, and then the fact, like, and then it, it basically, you know, halfway through it, you know, people are getting in their cars and driving off the racetrack, and people are turning around and just leaving the front stretch, and I'm like, oh my god, this is real. And then you know he keeps going on, and I, I just, I'm on, looking around, and, and, and my, on. yeah, yeah, and and on. And I'm looking around and, and now my friends are crying. And so I'm like, fuck, now I got to go over and I want to, I want to be with them. I want to, you know, at yeah. least share in this moment. So I went over, I was with Dan Collins and Courtney Cameron. We're just standing there and like, there's tears all around. And I turn around and Josh Hodgson sitting in his car and there's tears all around. And I'm Fucking just, Fucking guy, man. I'm just leaning in and so bad. For I, him. you know, have my arm around him and I'm just like, rub, like rubbing his hat. And I'm like, dude, it's. This fucking sucks, but, man. And but, like, I'm just trying to like talk to him, and I I don't even think that I've talked to Josh like that before. But I was like, you know, both weird, so emotional that, and I know that it, to him it probably matters even more than it does to me because of, you know, he he even said that he was done, he's gonna be done racing, and I well, hope that's well, not the case. Take but. take a guy like Josh though, where his father, he his dad Matt is 
I am convinced the only reason why I have made it as far in racing as I have. There's a long story behind that, but um, he essentially is the one that got my Mad Bomber career started. Otherwise, I would have been done. We mm-hmm. were we were out of money. We were out of any sort of resources. And Matt was like, "Let's get your old Wildcat out of the woods, making a Mad Bomber for Charlie." If I had never done that, I never would have met George Libby. I never would have had a Sports Series car. I never would have raced ten years in that. I never would have had a Pro Series car. That is the lineage in which Charlie Sanborn races at Beechridge. Matt Hodgson is a very incredibly vital part to that. Matt Hodgson also is a damn good wheelman. Yep. He, he won multiple, multiple, multiple wildcat races. I have one of his trophies upstairs for, I think it's third in the 50 lapper in 1998 or something like that. How tall is it? It's, (laughs) (laughs) you get it. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's one of those things where, you know, now his kid wants to, wants to follow in those footsteps. And and Josh, Josh didn't take the normal route of go-karts or anything like that. He took a very old school approach to it where it's like, here's a mad bomber. When you get your license, figure it the fuck out. Yeah. And, And he has done incredible he he won how many races this year? Three, Three. or four. And then last year won a, uh, a whole shit pot full of races too. Mm. And this kid is now you know climbing, 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 getting ready to peak, and, and you know wants to get into the wildcat division and and follow in his father's footsteps and and do the same thing that Matt has done and so many others have done throughout multiple generations. And it's gone, just like that, with no warning, no nothing. And now you have a guy like Josh, who his brother Tyler, they, they've got two very fast Mad Bombers. Mm-hmm. Where do they go? You, you can run at Star, sure. Uh, and, and not knocking Star. Bobby Weber has an incredible facility there and, and runs a very tight program. Uh, Lee, Lee USA Speedway is a beautiful racetrack, but it is not our home. You know, the, you know, even going to, if you play for a hockey team, if you are a Boston Bruin, you know, you have a, probably a little bit you know different insight playing at td garden than you do playing in you know the la kings arena it's it's still it's still a hockey rink but it's not yours and and, you know this was the place that it was ours we got to brag about you know we're the we're the beach ridge guys we're we're the you know we're the outsiders wherever else we would go we you know we were the the beach ridge whatever whatever it may have been You know that when you were at a different track and you saw one of the cars from your track on the racetrack, it was kind of like seeing a car that looks just like your car on the highway. It's like, ah, how you doing over there, right? And you're like, you you know, you just kind of feel different when you see that car and you pull for that car. Even if you don't pull for the car at your racetrack, when it's at a different racetrack, you're like... Yeah, yeah, that's your representative yep. right there. Full on well, right there. Well, that that, that goes back to the, the banquet a couple of years ago, too. There's a whole gaggle of us, right? This is, we, we long story short, we got kicked out of Oasis. But, you know, there was a whole gaggle of us. The band? N- <laughs> nope. <laughs> the the dance club. But, Some of them um, looked like they were kicked out of the band. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it was post-banquet. You, you, know, are, you want me to help you out with that, No, nah, I don't know. Whatever. Do you know what you're doing? I don't. Let me uh, help you out. I've never. After, after, after the show, I'll fix it. It's a whole gaggle of us, and... and you know, Matt Dow, Matt Dow and I are not best friends by any means. We, I don't think we hate each other, but we're not best friends by any means. We're that night. And oh, is this when you get your ass kicked? Sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> I and heard about that. All of a sudden you see Matt Dow get flown across the dance floor. And now you're, you're in the general public, but we are with our gaggle of idiots. Yes. And That's you know, right. you see Matt Dow go flying across. You're like, well, fuck that's one of us yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you just jump in and, and it, it just that goes all back into the sense of belonging the sense of community sub community i guess you could mm. call it our own weird little niche traveling circus and that again that's that's part of what makes it so hard for me i was asked uh earlier today 
if I was going to work any other place. And, um, and I don't have an answer for that right now. I know that there are opportunities out there and there are a number of different reasons why those have not come to fruition and probably won't. But the number one reason why it would be hard to work any other place would be because I've worked at Beechridge for 28 years off and on. I don't have another 28 years to invest in a whole new group of people. Nothing against the people who, and, and I explained it this way, I said, you know, the person asked me, they said, well, what is it about Beechridge? I said, well, no, no, it's not a Beechridge thing. Every, you, you know, the people who are in Groveton, New Hampshire, love the shit out of Riverside, and that's their place. That, that's their people. Uh, the people who love Star, and Star is an incredible facility, so, so is Lee. They have their people. So Beechridge has its people. I'm one of them. And it's hard to, you know, we don't, Charlie, you helped me out a ton this year in the booth, and it was wonderful to have you. You know that we don't necessarily call races. That's part of what we do. But most of what we do is talk about what brought that vehicle to the racetrack, what was going on inside the car with the driver or the team or the wife or, you know, the side story. That doesn't come from just walking through the pits for 45 minutes and figuring it out. That comes from week in, week out, year after year commitment. And and it comes back to familiarity too. I mean, I appreciate all the the comments uh, that people have made online, um, but I'm only as good as what you've seen. You know, there are a number of different announcers at Beatridge who came before me who were excellent at what they were for that time. So it puts me in an awkward position of, you know, liking a comment that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, those people were excellent for what they did because they were part of that community. And I learned from those people on how to do that job. I didn't just make this up. I'm completely 100% trained by very capable people, multiple people. So I'm a product of all of that. Uh, to go to another place and build that again with a different group of people, it's possible would my heart be 100% in it? Would I do as good of a job? Would I be able to take the reputation and hold that reputation at a different facility? I don't think so. Not at my age, not with, and not that I'm 70, <laughs> even though I'm wearing new balances. Uh, the not. I just don't have the fire in me to want to start again at this very moment. And it l- comes, uh, you know, like I, I kind of prematurely uh, wrote on Facebook, you know, you never know when it's going to be your last. That very well could have been my last legit race. I forgot about our Thursday show in a couple of weeks. But if it was, great. That's just how it was. You know, but I don't I don't know if I want to do that in another place because this place is so special to me. You're you're happy with the body of work that you have created. I'm happy with the people I've created it with. Okay. So it it, it just all boils down to the people. It's all about people. So I could have gone in, and this would be a different topic for a different podcast or different conversation. I could have gone a number of different, we all could go different places in our lives. It occurred to me at a fairly early age. How old are you boys? 28, 25. Okay. So I was probably, no, I was a little, well, maybe a little older than you. Um, I had a different set of goals when I was 22 
through 25 and I went and achieved them. And I found that I did not have the happiness that I had thought that I was going to have within them. And I missed being here. I hadn't built the relationships that I have today fully by then. Obviously, that's 15, 20 some odd years ago now. Um, But I knew that it was more important to me to contribute to a community that I felt I was a part of. And I would get more fulfillment out of that than I would a bigger stage as someone who is just a link in the chain. I guess that's probably the nicest way I can say that. Um, So, I mean, I've had other offers. I could have done other things, but I chose Beatridge, and I think that's probably where it's going to just be because that's these are my people. I don't know if we're – for me, and I know every other racetrack feels the same way about their race announcer. They should. Um, And, and, you know, their flag person, their safety staff or whatever. um, You know, those are are the people that I, I created stories with. And I don't, I don't, I know nothing can replicate those people and those stories. And, and sometimes that's just how it is. Sometimes that's just, you know, not everything goes on forever. So, so tough question, I guess. Are you okay with everything that has happened in this exact moment? You're okay with everything right now, the way it's. Oh, for me personally? Sure. With racing? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that's again, and I, specifically with Beatridge as well too. Um, I guess I don't fully understand your question. Are you, as of right now, looking back on everything that you have done and accomplished it, it, with Beatridge Motorsport, oh, yeah, 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 if it knowing that it could have very well ended. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. You can sit back and be like, "I'm okay with that." That's all I wanted. So another reason outside of the the ego thing that I got into earlier about thinking that I could change things at the racetrack that really had nothing to do with my job to begin with anyway. But I, th- I inserted myself into positions thinking that I could make a difference when I shouldn't have been there in the first place. That was on me. Um, I also was struggling with not being able to find new ways to connect with an audience. Um, and that... That again, again, it all comes back to ego, I guess, in a way. But I didn't feel like I was doing a, a service to the audience that I used to be able to do, and I didn't want to be one of those people that held on too long and just read on the rode the coattails or whatever of what I. Yeah, I never wanted to be the guy that was like, "Man, he used to be so good like 10, 15 years ago. Now he's just washed up and sucks, and he mumbles all the time." <laughs> which all of which may be true, but the point being, um, I needed to have a different way to connect when I came back and I found that and for the last two and a half years mainly by getting out of my own way uh, I found great happiness in in playing the hits you know and 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 just soaking in the atmosphere every single week knowing full well that something was like I knew and I think we all knew and you guys are a lot younger than I am but I knew that I was going to outlive Beatridge so it was all going to be just a matter of time. So why not just, and one of my best friends in the world is Matt Gain. And I would tell Matt, on a because you get turned around sometimes, I get turned around and I just say, hey, you know, man, it's not always going to be here. So I'm just going to love the shit out of it while it's here. And I'm going to. And I'm glad that I had that mindset and approached it that way for the last two and a half years because it completely fulfilled what I was missing in those other years from like 13 to 17. So, so what... Is there anything that needs to replace that for you? 
moving forward? Do you need to fill a void? I don't at know all? that yet. I mean, it's only been you know forty eight well, yeah, hours. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think. And I I told uh, one reporter today. I said, you know, there's. It just came out of my mouth, and I think I've said it before. I said, there's nothing that's ever given me the kick that Beechridge has. I've worked other racetracks. I've worked other platforms, and I've worked in different larger cities, arenas, and, and I've had the good fortune to be able to do that. But nothing has been able to – I've had a large enough sample size to know what works for me individually and what I contribute to the greater good, and that's the people of Beechridge. And that's the people in Southern Maine, you know, to contribute to the community that I am a part of has been the most rewarding experience uh, that I've had as a human being. So, so that why was would, your lightning in a bottle was yeah. the people, the racetrack. The and I got a chance location. to do it in various forms over the course of 28 years. That is, that's, 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 I mean, it's a blessed life. I know you guys don't talk about God a lot. Someone doesn't like Jesus on this show. That's fine. Um, but you know, even in that moment, let's go back to Saturday when I was super pissed and going through five things. I leaned on God at that time. I was like, I don't ask God what I should do. I just, I'm just like, I don't know. Help me fucking figure this shit out. <laughs> and that's exactly, I mean, I, I just had a little, not prayer. I didn't get on my knees and Tebow the whole thing, but I, in my mind, I was like, Jesus Christ, I really need some fucking help. And, uh, <laughs> we, we should have just done a 60 second Tebow. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so regrouped before yeah. the awards. Yeah, no, but that, and that really, I can't take credit for, um, cause I don't remember a lot of it either. Um, I don't remember handing out those awards. You're probably and, on autopilot. And, and yeah, yeah. And what happened? I just, I just sure. went right into it and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be. This is where God put me for this reason at this very time. And I firmly believe that. And there's nobody that's going to tell me any different. No, I, yeah, not, that was not, the purpose I was there to serve. And that makes sense how you were able to do it and, so and seamlessly. It, go, going off of that though, if it was anyone else, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been what it was, and you turned it into what it should have been. No, oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm just doing God's yeah. work, man. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's all. Um, no, I I think Bradley and I can both both agree that you know we we've gone to a lot of racetracks. We've we've done a lot of cool stuff, with the, especially with the show um, in the last two years, basically going on three. Um, you are without a doubt, and you you can tell us to fuck off. I don't care because you're wrong. Um, you are without a doubt un- unequivocally the best in the league. Um, you are, you are someone who can connect the fan. You can connect the driver to not what's going on in the racetrack, because sometimes that doesn't even matter. No, it's just cars like going said, around in circles. Like you said, the, it goes back to what, what does this person do from nine to five? What does this person do during the week? What is it? How did this person get here? That is the type of shit that matters. That is also why we like a Daniel Eugene because he captures that visually. Mm-hmm. You are the audio piece to that. Um, yeah, the shit that Daniel like, I really marvel at that man's talent. He's incredible. He the way because you know, being a creative mind myself, I'll look at it a little differently than maybe someone who's just really scrolling Instagram. Because I think Daniel and I told him this, and if I didn't, if I wasn't clear about it. Uh, I don't know if he listens. I assume that probably he does, uh, or at least would know about it. Um, he finds the why within a picture, and I don't know how the hell to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the fact that he you, can, you do is amazing. that. You do do that, but you the do audio it audio, audibly. And yes. I, you know, and I'm I'm grateful to have done that. I had amazing teachers. I didn't think of I, none of this is is my idea. Mm-hmm. This is all just stuff I've learned. There are no new ideas. It, but I was it's, able it's, to. It's your conglomeration of those ideas that makes you what you are, and, and I that is that. that is what is important. 
I appreciate that. I really do. Um, and it's good, again, to have made a difference in the community that matters the most to me is the most gratifying feeling on the planet as a human being. Maybe one day we'll feel that. <laughs> I think that, like, so I posted a, an Instagram post a couple or yesterday or whatever, and, and the second picture, in if you scroll over, is the picture Daniel Eugene took from his one trip to Beatridge at mm-hmm. the bar. Um, there's a bunch of us, Packed. a bunch of our close friends just standing up on top of the bar. We're all smiling and waving yeah. at Daniel, taking the picture. And I can't even look at that picture the same anyway, because I'm looking at that. And I'm like, look how happy we all are. Yep. Like, yeah. look how, look at that moment that we're, we're all, where everyone has a smile on their face and you know, we're all just having a beer in the tavern and, the- <laughs> and watching race cars. And then I look at that picture and I'm like, that was the last time that whole group of people is going to be together. Yep. Watching race cars. That's amazing. And I'm glad that he was there at that moment to be the person to physically document that. Yeah, it's, it's Saturday too. The part of, part of my experience on that, the leading up to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this year we jumped into the Pro Series car, right? It struggled, struggle, 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 struggle. Which we knew that that was going to happen, but inherently with that, you you get a little bit of lack of confidence, a loss of confidence, if you will. Um, you know, I, I knew what I had done in the sports series car and, and we had accomplished some cool shit in that, but, um, I was really down on myself. I don't know that I, I necessarily portrayed that at all, but I was very down on my, uh, talents and abilities and things like that. Like maybe, you know, that when you suck for that, that bad, uh, that amount of times you start to think like, maybe it is me. Yep. Maybe it is me. What does take race cars out of the equation? That could be literally anything. Um, and then, you know, it was supposed to be a fun night. 911 jump in the legend car go from there um go out there had a shot to win the race which that was cool um we ended up getting dumped but um the the fact that i was part of the conversation could have very well won the race if not being the top three that would have been great i never had a thunder trophy that's what i wanted um never got one still but that that is what it is but um i came to the realization actually i think this morning the first time my father ever raced at Beechridge Motor Speedway, we had, I, I was born in California and we had moved and my father was originally from Cape Elizabeth. So he had decided, you know, he was out of the Marine Corps. He said, now I was born. My brother was, was with us still. And well, not that he's dead, but he was living with us. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, I want to go home. So everything had been put into place and, and he was uh, associated with, um, the Brian, Brian Stewart driving experience and all that stuff out in, out West. And he had facilitated some deal where he was going to drive a legend car at Beechridge. And, uh, the joke always was he had driven 3000 miles to go and race 10. <laughs> uh, so he showed up at Beechridge, um, and it was a number one. It was a number one legend car. Uh, mm. It was white with checkers on it and a red top and uh, went from there. And uh, he raced a legend car. That was his first time he ever raced at Beechridge. And that progressed into Wildcats and this, that, the other thing. And, you know, I, I did the go-karts and Mad Bombers and then eventually the Sports Series car and then the Pro Series car, which that, that was the pinnacle. You know, the the end of the first Granite State race this year, I, I pulled it off into the, the middle of the you know, the NASCAR style pit road there and got out of the car. And I just had, I, I sat on the, the guardrail there and I, I took a moment. I told Carl, can you just drive this back to the pits? And I, you know, I, I cried, you know, it was one of those things. It was one, the first race at Beechridge. My dad hadn't seen me race and this, that, the other thing. And, you know, I, I put this legend deal together for Saturday and 
after everything had happened and I had gone through maybe my five phases of, of grieving, I had realized that my last race at Beatridge was in a legend card. Ah, wow. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's great full circle stuff. Um, so I, I am okay <laughs> with not the fact that it's leaving potentially, quote unquote, but um, I am okay with my body of work at that racetrack. Um, Brad, how do you feel? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I never knew my last race was going to be my last race. wasn't a good one for me. I don't. I didn't finish fourth <laughs> oh, or even third. Jeez. So uh, that's tough. But my last, I guess my last race uh, as a as a car owner or a truck <laughs> owner was with Bobby Timmons behind the wheel. Ah. Uh, and I think he finished fourth that night. So uh, and there <laughs> the was like sixteenth or seventeenth. So I mean, yeah, some things you know just that meant to come to an end. I guess finish fourth and really just hang your hat on that. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I had a decent... I don't know. I was in shock on the front stretch, and I couldn't really form a motion until I got to the back stretch. And I walked basically alone to the back stretch, got over um, to Smitty's trailer. I grabbed a beer, and I walked over and just sat in the, the grandstands on the back chute there and just looked out at everything, and everyone was leaving. And I got a little emotional because, like, the last car was leaving the front stretch, and I'm like, oh, go, oh my God. And I'm like looking over at turn one and I'm like, that's where I used to drag my dad who didn't want to be here. Mm. And then I look over at the front stretch, like where the concession stand is over by, you know, turn four. And I'm like, that's where my best friend Caleb decided to stop mid race and just go head on into the fucking tires. <laughs> mm. And I remember very vividly coming down the front stretch because he was like outside of me and I saw him taking an immediate right. And I'm like, oh no, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever you're doing, don't do it. They're not even open. They, you're not going to be able to get any fries or nothing. You want to stop over in turn one. So I remember looking in the mirror and just seeing him pile it into the, the wall and basically just assuming that my friend was dead. Um, and then you know, that very concession stand, my, I had my grandfather bring me to meet his neighbors in South Portland who I'd never even met before, but he didn't want to be at the races. He just knew that I wanted to be there. So yeah. it was like a day of destruction. We were sitting row one and I'm just like thinking of all these memories and I'm like, God damn. Yeah. And I just, you know, just those tears just start falling. And it's not like for me, it wasn't ugly crying. It was just like I was just staring out and like I was bawling my eyes out. But like my at this point, my mouth wasn't open. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to probably force it shut. I was, I was back to breathing through the nose until that got plugged up. But uh, yeah, it was. A, then you tripped over me. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah I, you were having a moment just like Josh was in the car, except you were folded up next to the trailer in yeah, between it, the truck and trailer. yeah I, I, w I did the same thing i went over to smitty's trailer and i i grabbed him a beer because the the entire theme of the night seems as though it was the highest of highs for so many people yep. to the very lowest of lows for everyone yeah i really <clears throat> wish that there was um a clear hump to that mm. as opposed to i wish it were more like the appalachian mountains and not the rockies yeah, Rockies were, you know, just more, if you look at the topography of it, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's wicked, you know, pointy up there. Mm -hmm. I won't try to spell t topography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my life has been the Rocky Mountains yeah. as of late. Always <laughs> remember, though, and it's what keeps me going. I mean, it's um, not what keeps me going, but I mean, your best days, you always have to think that your best days are ahead of you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how uncertain things are. You just have to have faith that that things are going to eventually work out, maybe not the way you want them to, maybe not there at that day, but your best days are ahead of you. I know mine are. I don't know what. Like, for example, I love records. Record stores, closed. My favorite one, Mike Mike's Music. Racing, you know, my home track, closed. Radio, not exactly the most hip media out there. 
That I will outlive radio. What am I going to do when that's no longer around? I don't know. But I'm enjoying it while I still have an opportunity to do it. And whatever. Video. Video. I don't know. Well, he's killed the radio. Gonna, oh, video. Okay, I get it. Yes, <laughs> he's going to yes. kill any video wearing that shirt. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. oh, this shirt's Frosted amazing. Flakes. What is uh, it? Cheese it's I at? got this shirt. This, this is that shirt? a Carl Edwards shirt? Yes, Carl signed it. Actually, yeah. my name is Dwayne. I got it at Derek <laughs> Nealon's. Um, see, it says Dwayne right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, this shirt actually contributed <clears throat> to one of my favorite. I was thinking about this on the way over. I'm like, this shirt actually indirectly contributed to. Derek Nealon's dad's prosthetic leg, I believe. The one that he oh. he held up for Rusty. Yep. Right? The best photo on the internet this year. Yeah. So Derek had a Nealon Strong fundraiser, and I do believe it was when his dad went through his uh, situation with his foot. I think he needed a new foot or new yep. leg or something. Anyway, I was there to, to host the event, and um, this shirt came up, and it was like, man, this is a sporty shirt. Yeah. So I outbid everybody. The dad wearing New Balances. That's awful sporty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need to own that. (laughs) Well, look at this ensemble. I got New Balance shoes. I got a cheese shirt. But anyway, no. So this. The line shorts just above the knee. I over. Yes. Thank you, guys, for making me feel ancient. My best days are ahead of me. No, and they are. Um, so I don't know if that means, you know, if whether you race some other place, um, you know, you certainly have a great thing going here. I don't know if I'll ever announce another race. I'm sure whatever I will. I'll obviously be with you on Thursday, next Thursday. But after that, eh, I don't know. But your best days are always ahead of you. And even if they're not in the form that you foresee for yourself. I think that that's something that you can at least take a little bit of solace in is that mm-hmm. as even though the unknown can be incredibly terrifying and scary, that it also can be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I peaked at elementary school kickball. I mean, so I, <laughs> I, I'd... we could, we could, we could take that conversation back to the start of COVID where everything was very unknown, very scary. And that inherently gave Brad and I an incredible opportunity to jumpstart the show uh, quite a bit gave us a lot of opportunity to go places that we never would have gone do things that we never would have done meet people that we never ever ever would have met get covid and hang out together yeah we did do that yeah um but i think that getting oh, covid <clears throat> was like a very high point in my life <laughs> yeah see same <laughs> same no yeah, it's uh for more reasons than just this podcast but it yeah i mean I, this podcast quite literally it's, probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't so Beatridge. Okay, so let's let's make this a little or full <laughs> circle. I just had a little little big brother uh, brainstorm here. So you as gentlemen, before this podcast, different than you are today, I would I would surmise. Absolutely. More yeah. confidence, you found a voice, you found a purpose, and you found your people, you found your audience. All things that I found at Beach Rich that I did not possess before picking up that mic. That's what this place gave to me. So you, what you feel about this podcast is exactly how I feel about Beach Ridge and always will. And I'll always take those memories and um, and have them. And they're great. But before this podcast, I mean, I still definitely have bad anxiety. But I was like very, very not confident. Brad wouldn't <laughs> talk to people. I was very not confident and, and yeah. I cared deeply about what I could meet someone. And then the next day they'd be like, that guy fucking sucks. And I'd be like, why do I suck? Now it's like someone that I know could be like, he fucking sucks. And I'm like, yeah, he does. Yeah. 
uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. It's like now, now I, I truly think that I, this podcast has helped me get to a point where I just don't care what people think of me. So you and that's be... not, and that's not saying like there's people's opinions that I ma- that, that matter, obviously. But there's you know someone that I don't necessarily know What's saying that, that I just I've heard so many rumors about me in the last oh, fucking God. six months. The Oxford two fifty. I heard more. I learned more about myself than I never knew was real. I, or I was told. I was told at one point this week from one of my friends that someone that they knew said that I was an alcoholic and I was thinking I'm like well they you should have didn't mean me yeah <laughs> I was like how I was like how am I an alcoholic I I understand they like see the, a brand I understand the brand yeah the yeah, it's exactly they see the brand. A brand they see that we go to big more we get drunk at big yes. racing events yes, you like do. that's once called, or twice that's called a, a month a month that's called yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drank a fifth of vodka every day for years that's, Holy shit! You don't know about that? I kind of. Okay, vaguely. so yeah. yeah. So that's that. That was me. What you're doing is something completely different. <laughs> don't get to where no, I went. No, and and that's what I was thinking. Is like when I when I was I, like, <laughs> don't be like Austin. A just whole goes, fifth. Yes, vodka and my body just do not. Dude, that's where I went. I can't Oof. tell you. Like I didn't choose that. Yeah, you know, that's just the power of choice. It just mm-hmm. goes back to like that doesn't necessarily affect me, but I'm like learning things about me, and I'm like that's pretty cool. Like good for me, but I'm yeah. like that. I'm not. I know yeah. that I'm not, and because I've been, my life has been the Rocky Mountains for <laughs> yes. quite a while, right. and never once have I been like, I'm really sad. I need to get shit faced. Mm-hmm. I usually either go to the gym or I come home and sleep, and I think that that's depression, not alcoholism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. get it great. Have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please yeah. use the medical term. <laughs> no, like I, I substance I get use disorder. It's, it's that people. God, see I us. hate that term. Yeah. Because that. Abuse. Well, yeah. Well, no, substance use disorder. That means that I'm supposed to be using substances. Right. If you think about yeah, it, I have a yes, substance yeah. use disorder. Oh yeah. So the disorder yeah. is that I should be using substances. It's like right. it's a. It's not. A, it used to be a drugstore. Now it's a wellness facility. <laughs> Fuck you. It's drugs. <laughs> 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 that shouldn't be as funny as it was but it was well, it's very no, accurate it's true. As well. oh, God. i said in 2008 i said you know what there's going to be a day and, and try to wrap this around your grandparents um you won't be able to go into you know cvs and buy a pack of cigs but you'll buy a pack of joints and i said that about i don't know a lot before weed was legalized and that's neither here nor there but the point is like it's just it's all it's like the press it's all in the language yeah yeah. Um, sorry, I meant to cut you off. No, no. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, like, I I feel like this podcast, like, people yeah. portray us a certain way because of the podcast. And yeah. I, that's, that's that's one of the fine. things is you just, we've learned so much about it's ourselves. It's your Superman cape. Through other people's opinions on us, and they don't know who we are. I'm working for three different racetracks already, so welcome to the club. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. You know, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is. rich? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the thing is, um, the, the people that throw the bravado out of like yeah i don't give a shit what anybody thinks you damn well should if you're a public figure you should at least be considerate of their perspective and if you can look past that and and be good with yourself then you shouldn't matter what it shouldn't matter what you think but there's that extra caveat of like instead of like i don't give a shit what anybody thinks well you damn well sure better consider what they think before saying that you don't give a shit what they think that's there's obviously someone who doesn't give a shit what we think (laughs) well yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um no that i I think that again if we're peeling the curtain back a little bit on Mm. on what is bfp um it's it's a brand it's something that yep. we have come up with to, like you said, fill a void for something that we thought needed to be done. Um, it's but, not a documentary. It's not. 
it's not. It's it, it's something that, and I, I've said this on the show before, and I, I've told this to Bradley, that one of the biggest things to this, and one of one of my biggest fears in life is is losing my mind. Yep. Um, in terms of, you know, one of the scariest things that I've ever seen in my life that is, you know, progressed with someone is um, Alzheimer's or, or any sort of memory loss or w- whatever it may be. You become an entirely different human being. Mm-hmm. Um, you You're are, a prisoner in your own body. You are. Yeah, exactly. You are not the same person. And and regardless, regardless of uh, whatever it is that we do say or, or, or participate in or whatever it may be, this is now documented forever. And oh, yeah. I, it's it's for anybody to listen to, but it, more personally, like if if whatever I have children, if and when I have children, and and you know I I don't necessarily know how to tell the story or know who I am or if I'm gone, you know right. whatever it may be, they'll at least know what my my voice sounds like. Yeah, they'll at least they'll know what the word cunt to, means. They'll know, they'll certainly know what cunt <laughs> yeah. means. They but, know what you feel about the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> but that the, there will be some. Did form, you scrub that audio yet? some of that from the early episodes no i, I hope so did you <laughs> did you talk about the talent i don't know are they gonna show up at the house now no <laughs> it's just one of those things I, and this is what i worried about for you gentlemen when you first started your podcast i'm like this is this is great but they don't quite know you found the chip you're on the chip yeah yeah right. <laughs> yeah. yeah but before i mean you oh, we guys were bouncing were like off it off tailpipes the flying oh, yeah. those shit there was fire flying out the freaking tailpipes and you were offending like people i'm like the problem with this is that i think it's entertaining and there's going to be a point when they get bigger than they ever thought that they were going to be and then people are going to go back and listen to those. It's like the asshole from Jeopardy. Yeah, right? yeah. The guy's a complete yeah. asshole anyway. But he willingly went out and said those things on his podcast years ago that someone who had a beef to, you know, that he was like, I'm going to get you because we live in the cancel culture gotcha mentality. Yeah. The problem with cancel culture is it doesn't allow for growth. Cancel culture will just say, I don't like what you say. I don't like what you think. I'm on a moral higher ground and fuck you. You're canceled forever. Mm-hmm. Now, the human experience is all about growth and cancel culture does not offer that whatsoever. So what I mean, that's kind of a tangent point being <laughs> someone can go back to those episodes. And even if you didn't mean that, even if that was part of your brand, that can blow back on you. Or if you don't yeah. have that same opinion anymore. Well, but, I mean, they can, they, if they can take, they will take us, things out of context. We, yeah, of course yeah. they will. We quite literally get paid uh, about a case of alcohol each show. <laughs> so they can take that if they would like yes. that. Make me less yeah, than they an can alcoholic. Have, they can have the broken table. I mean, we don't. They can have the mics. <laughs> we don't know how to use. No. So, but I'm just saying said, yeah. if, no, we, I think if we you it. ever get to that level and, just, and there's a, there's and you're a careful, lot. you guys are careful about what you say now, but those first episodes, holy there <laughs> is a lot of shows that are no yeah. longer on the air and were permanently deleted when good, we, ha- when we good, had this good. guy named Noah Gregson on the first time. Oh no, no I'm talking about when oh, you first, I know. first started. But when we when that when we had that show lined up, we were like, we should probably go back and delete oh, like a right, lot yes. of shows because now there's going to be an influx of people yep. listening to our shows. Exactly, and, go and back they'll and start at episode and, one. And there's there's actually I I was meeting meeting some people at, at Oxford and, and around that that haven't necessarily listened to our shows since then and they were talking about our show as if we were like bad for short track racing and mm. all we did was come on here and bash and we mm. definitely haven't done that in the last i mean we haven't that, that was not our brand i don't the think that, that was even first, the intent either no. it was just that that's how it was coming across well at yeah. first what you do anybody when they're new in any medium is i mean i when i first started in, in announcing i ripped off every announcer that i ever listened to that was great it was bruce elder it was dave moody whether it was bob walker 
uh, whether it was Andy Cusack. Andy was the announcer when I first started going to Beatridge. Damn good announcer, too. And, or Jerry Major. Anybody that I heard, I soaked all that in. Mike Joy. And, um, and then I found my own voice. And that's what you guys did. You guys found your own voice after doing what you thought you should be doing. You found what you should be doing once you figured out what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kudos to you on that because now you have your own thing. And you're smart enough, and I'm kind of just warning you, you're smart enough to not go over the chip. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Bradford and Charles come out, yes. some, some shit happens. But <laughs> And we haven't been, and, and that's actually part of it yeah. too, going back on how much of alcoholics we are. We haven't been drunk on a podcast in a while. We don't the, usually. The, the last the la- like last week when we actually cracked a beer during mm. the show was the first time we had done that in and we're not oh, alcoholics, wow. but no. we also do not get drunk off one beer. Uh, Correct. So, no. I know when I see one. You guys aren't aren't there. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been there. I mean, that's wrong. <laughs> I, I walk past a lot of them on my way from where I work in Portland to the other side of Portland to yep. the gym. And, you know, usually you see a handful of them with Natty Daddy Pounders sitting yep. on the bench <laughs> as you walk by. And it's like 1130 in the morning. And you're like. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good for that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had an English muffin. You had a natty daddy pound. Yes. Uh, you got something against drinking in the morning? No. No, God, no, 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 no. Just no. doing it at work in I, the yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Not everything is yeah. mad men. Yeah. Oh, I fucking... I, that, that, that's an incredible show. Yes, it is. And I... I tried that to shit li- happened. Yes, no, I tried to live that. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Not all of it. But yeah. Yeah no. yeah. no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. No, it's a, it's a, I think we've got I didn't try point. to live it. I just did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just did it. Yeah. I don't, I yeah, don't think I've ever, fine. I don't. You like, had the balls to do it. <laughs> no no matter like that, how right? bad life or work gets, I've never. Remember when I was gone for six weeks <laughs> in 2017? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, I mean, it's true, but it's not, not really spiritual really. journey. Yeah, we're I think you were there. Mountains. You were there for all the weeks that the I insurance company hike, paid for. You're <laughs> hiking the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. No, yeah. it's a it's a weird world. Yeah. Now keep a, doing what you're doing, world. guys. I mean, I know this is all about Beatridge, and uh, you know, and and I thought to I needed to get some thoughts off my chest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have my own podcast. I could do that. But the podcast that I have is more about the guest. And I'm not the guest. I'm just, you know, the person that kind of carries the water and, and interview, uh, you know, interview the person, let them tell their story. So it'd be kind of out of place for me to go and rant about, you know, Beach Ridge for like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be around people that had the same. I think the entire Beach Ridge community has the same feeling, but a generation removed we have a different way of thinking about the same feeling. And I think throughout this podcast, people have been able to hear different thoughts on the same feeling. I can agree with that. It's, it's yeah. just, it's processing information differently. That's all it is. Yeah. And it's going through those five stages in your own way. And uh, it, it very much is equivalent to the loss of, you know, it's, it's, it's a death. Yes. Honestly, it's a death. Um, and it's, it's how you process that and how you move forward with, with, with the rest of what you got to do. And, um, you know, I, I had to do that in, with an actual human mm-hmm. very recently. You can certainly compare the um, two. Yeah. I, I've had to do that with a, with a very important pivotal human in my life my, with my it's father. life changing thing. Back in February. And that, that was hard. Um, grateful for, for Bradley being, you know, there through all of that and, um, you know everybody else who was as well too, and that, and now we're we're doing. It's almost like we're doing this one together, 
mm-hmm. or in or with with everyone else too and we we want this to be the 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 show in which it's okay to feel shitty about it it's okay to you know have your certain opinions and feelings towards it. it's just yeah. how are we going to all process this together so that we don't ruin <clears throat> what we've done in the past don't i don't want to tarnish that in any way i don't want to taint that in any way but it needs um, to be said it does it needs to be said because it's part of healing and not everybody wants to hear everything we said and that's just fine yep. but this is the process that we have mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's some undiagnosed mental illness but i think that my it, it most definitely is but the first thing that came out of my way mouth, to diagnose you misdiagnosis <laughs> When I was on the front stretch listening to the whole spiel happen was it was I think my anger was immediate and it was was not because I'm never going to be able to come to the place that I've called home ever again. Um, It was I asked Matt and Ashley, I was standing right next to Ashley. I looked at him and I was just like, that's really shitty that now those people can't enjoy enjoy their awards. Yep. And I was was, was mad about it immediately. And I don't think that I've necessarily been mad since. I think that I've been mad. At least I haven't been mad for another or different reason since. That that was the anger, and then there was sadness. There was there was shock, anger, sadness, and now it's back basically back to shock. I mean, yeah. I'm I, I don't think I've been able to form emotions. You haven't, you haven't for come the last, to acceptance yet. No, I don't think I've been able to form emotions for the last two days, and I think that's also an undiagnosed mental illness. But that's for a different. That's podcast. just a process. That's I, all I, it is. Okay, I, thank I, you I, so I process things a lot differently than I did when you were, when I was your age. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> Really I, I, was, I didn't want to have to go to the wellness store. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I, nice. Um, get some fucking basil I, or something. Yeah, I was very angry. Uh, I have been very angry for for different reasons. I was mad about what you said more recently, kind of after the fact. I was initially angry because to me that place it, it was sacred. It, it was there was no price there. You know, in my mind, there should not have been a price tag on it there yeah uh nothing it felt like nothing was sacred anymore everybody like, has a price not everybody does. can be bought right and um it, it was one of those things where i also felt as though like i don't think anybody was mad that it was sold it, no, everybody th- understood that everybody understands that people m- probably are more upset that it didn't get sold within our community within our little world to keep it a racetrack to keep it what it is um, and that's where I have had trouble with that um, because that goes back onto the conversation that you said, well, if we all matter and if this actually is something that is special and important to you, there are multiple ways that you can wash your hands of it. And, you, and- you can't tear up during a 9-11 story. You can't tell people they matter. You can't tell them that you're going to – you're on your – I've told my lawyers on my high moral ground that I have a responsibility to these people. Yes, you damn well do have a responsibility yes, to these do. people. Uh, but to give them, because I gave them my word. Well, which word? Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't have it both ways. Uh, no one, no one faults. Everyone understands. Most of us would make that same decision. Um, but you know, it's funny when I was going through my divorce, Andy was one of the people that really, really helped me out through that, you know, with, um, just different talks and everything. And he said, you know, people don't break up cause someone forgot to take out the trash. Right. You know, it's, that's what breaks it. So it's never really about the trash. It's about all the things that led up to that. So yeah, you can get mad and you can yell at somebody because they took out the trash wrong, but the problems, everyone understands that there's a 
there's an expiration date mm-hmm. with everything, really. But it was just the manner of the way the trash was taken out. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to say that. Um, a lesson I learned. Have you have you spoken to Andy since? I did send him a text. Uh, we've exchanged texts uh, first thing Sunday morning. Again, above and beyond, I can, I can be pissed off at my friend, um, my mentor, and uh, a person who I hope our friendship will continue. Um, I, I wished him, I mean, the thing, the word I gave again, completely spaced out in that moment. I can't be as more honest as I am right now. Um, I mean, I've been honest the whole time, but I mean, I, I gave him a hug and I said, congratulations. I love you. Good luck. Because I know, again, you, no one's walked in his shoes. No one's had to, there is no handbook. Correct. There is no textbook for what he it's is doing. It's obviously uh, uncharted territory and no one knows what's going on in those shoes. I, having had a long friendship with him, know the type of person that he is. And as mad as that we can be for the whole, you know, taking out the trash, I can still empathize. I have a lot of understanding and empathy for, for the walk that he has. And, um, I wish him well, I wished him well, and I cannot wait to close. We get the opportunity to close out Beach Ridge together on a really sucky ass high note, but we still get to have a high note. We still at least get to have that one last show. And, uh, and that was it, you know, nothing really needs to be said. You know, he's probably got inundated with people who are far more important, uh, than, than, than me, uh, or any, um, or us, (laughs) us or anything, you know, like he's got a bunch of fish to fry and, um, you know, when, when we connect, we connect. But uh, no, I haven't talked to him, but I've, I've wished him well, and, and I do. I do ultimately wish any human being well, you know, because it's about forgiveness, too. Forg- there, there's no more powerful emotion or gift that you can give yourself and you can give other people is forgiveness, ultimately. And that's the, you, you give them forgiveness, and you really mean it, and you get a little closer to acceptance. And once you're at acceptance, it gets a little bit better for you. And that's part of the healing process. Sorry, too deep. No, that, that's <laughs> that's a yeah. I I just I don't disagree with anything that you've said. Really, it's just uh, it's just hard. Yes, it's, it's hard. hard. I didn't say it's it was hard. easy. Yeah, no, it's yeah. hard, and uh, it, it's it's various different kinds of hard for multiple different people for multiple different reasons. And uh, I you know I feel bad for uh, the Lamprin family, Taylor Pierce oh and her God. mom and her dad. And, uh, and Brian, you know, how long, how many times, how many pictures did we see? I mean, you guys know them a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. I've just seen the picture. But a, two years building up to that. Yeah. And gets to test the car that day and never gets to drive it. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. That sucks. But, um, knowing now, that's Taylor, just one story. That's yeah, the yep. story that we know. Who knows out of the 500, 700 people, not to drag this out again, uh, cause we did kind of leave it at a pretty good spot, but just every single one thing I learned from Dick Bergeron is that every person in that pit area has a story. Doesn't matter whether they're a driver, whether they're a wife, whether they're a tire changer, whatever. Every individual who paid their admission to go through those gates, just like you did, has a thought going on in their mind at that moment. They have dreams, they have aspirations, they have hopes, and they have a story. And it's my job, or any race announcer's job, to find that. And... 
you know, that, that Lamprin story is only just one of the hundreds that existed on that front stretch. And knowing Taylor the way that we do, she, she is very upset. Um, understandably so. I think the whole family is upset. Um, I hope that that doesn't diminish their will or want to take that car elsewhere. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a work of art. That thing is yeah, fucking well, Dave Lamprin's gorgeous. Do you ever see him? You're probably too young to watch him drive modifieds. Uh, I remember his limiteds. Okay. His limiteds. Oh yeah, when he came too. back as the 21. When yeah. he was that, mo- I mean, it was just. You think Rob Herrick has a clean car? Mm. I mean, that stuff was just pristine. He he is incredible at what he does, and yeah. Taylor is fortunate enough to reap the benefits of that. And I hope that this doesn't diminish them from from racing that car elsewhere. T- Taylor has the talent to to race that mm-hmm. um, at a competitive level at any racetrack that they so choose. Um, so I hope that that doesn't knock her down or, or any more than it already has. And I would love nothing more than to see the white and blue number 21 go elsewhere and maybe create its own legacy of some sort at a different racetrack. And that's, that's also going off of the opportunity that we have right now too. Mm-hmm. This gives us an opportunity to explore more of these other racetracks that aren't necessarily in our backyard. You know, we're going to be at Oxford a lot more now too. We're going to be at Lee. We're going to be at star. We're going to be at all these other places Wiscasset, especially um, that we're going to be able to help promote and, and hopefully make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, we want to put a positive spin on, on this any way that we can. And, and I want to go out there and I want to create that same vibe, that same feeling, that same sense of belonging, no matter what racetrack we go to moving forward. And I think that that is the incredible opportunity that we do have right now, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to capture that and move forward with as shitty a news as this is. That's why you guys are the right people for the right job at the right time. And I commend you. Got to get out and support your local short track. I yeah. saw a tweet from Tom Morris, I think, yesterday that said uh, the announcement. That's another dude with a lot of talent. Yes. Huh? The, the announcement of Beechridge closing makes me wish that I uh, was planning on going to the Thompson World Series mm-hmm. is basically what he said. It wasn't word for word what he said, um, but that's that track has also been up in the air. The yeah. people the in, in my phone right now who have reached out, Beechridge, Beechridge, um, well, that's a relationship that's not working out too well. Oh, good. Beatridge, 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 be all never n- had nine one. out of ten. Beatridge. Yeah, mine are all Beatridge. I've never yeah. had a relationship that doesn't work out. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Wait a minute. Don't you mean that the other way around? That does work out. Uh, well, you get no. it. Yeah, I mean, I was being facetious, oh. um, and I don't even really, don't really know what that word means to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's it's. It's a it's a mourning process. It's a grieving process. It's also an incredible opportunity to have our own version, celebration of life, uh, if you will, celebration of what we've been able to do at that place and celebration of what we're able to do forward now at other facilities and, and move them forward. Um, so I think this has been episode 132. Little little bit of housekeeping. Little We'd be housekeeping. remiss to not mention Nate Barth getting a win. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, that's stuff I can't say. Our, good, like, our yeah. good pal, Nate Barth. Yeah, holy shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was excited. Yeah. I get that's another thing. I like I'm just buried in my phone there for a second in my own head. And then you say Nate Barth and I'm like, there's a guy that he's what, 17? 16. 16. 16. So he's 16 years old. He wins a race at Beach Ridge. 16 going on 35. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. But in 30 years, he's going to be, you know, my age and he's going to say that he won a race at Beach Ridge and no one's going to know what the fuck he's talking Fucking about. Fucking right. And that's yep. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, Nate. Yeah. That's it's cool. like when Jeff Gordon won at Wilkesboro. Mm-hmm. The very last race was a brand, well, not brand new, but the young guy on the block at the time was Jeff Gordon. So 
he's the most recent winner at North Wilkesboro and was an active driver until like what three four years ago. Yeah, so and that's a good run. Dan Jr. Six years ago. Dan also, Jr. Yes, that's cool. Uh, it was and, so many great stories. Yeah, so many. I'm gonna miss I mean, all at that. Least, yeah. At least you get to go out with great stories. But for, uh, aside from Beechridge, Reagan Parent did pick up his first legend car win. Yes, he that did. Cool, cool kid. Um, that's cool for him. And Nicholas yeah, Gola Racing put on a show, I guess, at Seaconk with uh, Luke LeBron behind the wheel. He started like 95th. Always puts on uh, a show. And just passed everybody on the outside, won the legend car race. The Matt Burgoyne um, and Evan Bull. Quite the generation. operation that fucking Luke, Nicholas Gola has there. Um, I didn't know all of what was going to be involved with that, but I essentially walked in with a helmet, drove the cup car of the legend series, and left. And he puts on an incredible uh, program there. They're all top-notch race cars. Um, anybody looking to do like a rental deal or anything like that, or, or just you know be able mm. to hop into a legend car that's competitive and fast, get a hold of Nick. Um, that's a, that's a wild operation that they have there, and and very very talented at what they all do. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, where in the world will BFP be this weekend? Star Speedway all weekend. Star Speedway for the Star Classic. I will be in attendance one of those days. I don't know which one yet. I have concerts on Friday and Saturday. Hopefully if, I don't have to go to both of them. If we don't see you, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. I want to go to Star. Okay. I do have a real job. <laughs> no, you don't. That That's requires fine. me to go to concerts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What a tough life. Yeah, no, it sucks. Um, so 132, episode 32, Jeff Marshall also did pick up a win at White Mountain. Was uh, He is a 32, and he is one of our only... Ricky uh, Craven. Well, yeah. Weird. Win. Was he the 32? Oh, shit. Yeah, the, the tie card, duh. Are you shitting me? I wasn't uh, even done talking about the local oh, guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the no, NASCAR sorry. superstar local <laughs> we're, guy. You're talking, you were a bunch <laughs> of... Wait a minute. You're not an only child, Charlie. So, oh, yeah, we of. have two only children at the table. Yeah. I'm the only tough. child between my mother and my father, Probably. for whatever that's worth. Yeah, well, you act like an only child. That's why I've asked Thank a few you times. so much. So there's the three of us. Yeah, I know it because I know I am one. <laughs> I think. Is that, I, yeah, Let Bradley no, finish his thought. Well, no, I think that the only child topic is... it's. Oh, we don't have enough time for me to go over that situation. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. No, we're gonna was, need another two hours for yeah. that one. No, just Jeff Marshall has a sticker on the card. So did um, Jimmy Renfrew. He got DQ. Thirty-two. So. Um, uh, Jimmy Horton was when he flipped his car over there at Talladega, left the track. Maybe. Yeah, I think it was, was thirty-two. It pal that take pictures at Beechridge when Jamie's not there. Thirty-two. Oh, uh, the ultimate Mad Bomber underdog, Tony Gibbons. Yep, that guy's. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> something love i i loved that car. body monnet was 32 yes he i was. thought it was buddy monnet coming back to beechridge actually when i saw that car uh, nick, jenkins. nick jenkins yeah uh, tasha Ar- dyer archie's yeah. car what whoever's in that yeah um Derek yeah tasha dyer was Donnie the culprit yeah well yeah once or twice i think hit newman that was lajoy oh uh, yeah hmm I always mm-hmm. thought it sucked that he like i used to like that guy until he shat on his team every week Corey lajoy yes yeah we have mixed we have mixed reviews on him. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I really thought his podcast was great. Bradley was the uh, the name of one of his episodes one time I because was. he left him a yeah. shitty review. Yeah, I don't, and so that's that's when when I say that I don't give a shit about like other people's <clears throat> opinions, I mean that in the sense that we used to post this and you'd get hate messages, hate you know mail to mm. either my personal inbox or the BFP one, and or your hate reviews, and I would read them and I'd be like fuck like why do they hate us why do they hate us and now i yeah. could i see him and i'm like huh, like whatever right it's um, part of the show you so, have to heal play the heel so i listened to uh cory lejoy's podcast the only one i've ever listened to and he spent the whole entire podcast shitting on him and his co-host spent the whole time like shitting on everyone else's podcast in the racing world like the dale jr download um right, class yeah. case of emotion 
uh, Door Bumper Clear, all those ones, Michael Walter's podcast. And I was just like, this podcast isn't even good. Like, why are you shitting on everyone else in the industry? I liked the candidness when when he first came on and he was talking about like um, some of the dealings at DEI and not necessarily like the gossip of it. I don't care about that. I, I was more interested in the how the things broke down. It's like when I when I had Derek Nealon on Open Trailer, I was like less inter. I mean, I was interested in this history, but I would like to know how he goes about his week and how the flights work and all of that stuff. And he was able to break that stuff down. And of course, he was the underdog. But the thing about being the underdog is that you're the un- the underdog doesn't get to talk about being the underdog. Yeah, you know, it's like the guy who gives himself a nickname. That's not cool. Like you just <laughs> Austin Dillon. Yes, <laughs> champ tattoos champ on his ass. Yeah. Still not a champ. Oh, no, he wins an Xfinity championship. No problem. But, I mean, he was just shitting on his team the whole week. And I'm like, mm, that's not a bad, that's not a good look. And then every single week it became, my, I would be much better than my team. Yep. Like, what kind of leadership is that? And now he's, uh, I don't know what he, he's doing all right lately. And good for him. I mean, obviously, Northern guy, you want him to do well. I just wish he could have died. I haven't listened to his, for that reason, I was actually turned off by it. I hadn't listened to his podcast in like a couple of years. Yeah, I- yeah, I just listened to one. I I I, titled I don't even my, really listen to ours for whatever it's worth. I I, <laughs> I titled uh, I yeah I can't necessarily listen to half the shit that I say most of the time. Just and it's not because like I say like outlandish shit. It's just that like I hear myself talk and I'm like I just mm. there's something wrong with that kid. Well, you've gotten over <laughs> the novelty of it too. Yeah, you know, I mean it, it depends on who's on too. Like if we have a really good show, like I think this has been like one of our better shows, oh especially God, yes. as Thank of late. You. I'll listen to it. Like I listened to the one last week with Bobby. I think that was a good one too because we were getting together again. And yeah, I mean it's yeah. There's, there's certain ones that I for sure listen back to, but there's ones if it's just Charlie and I. With all due respect, Charlie, I don't listen back I don't, to. Them. I don't listen to most of them. Okay, yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's been, it's been, it's been Dale Quarterly, thirty-two. Oh, there it is. I don't. I can't think don't remember Dale Quarterly. He's probably never heard of me. Either. Motorcycle racer, Bush North, Land O'Lakes car. Oh yeah. See, you remember the sponsor? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been episode one thirty two. I think at this point. Yeah. Um, I am Charlie. You're Brad. You're Andy. Thank Andy you Austin, so much. Maine. The at Andy Austin Maine. On all, all things, things social, social media. media. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> um, Bob Saucer. This on has been. <laughs> This <laughs> this has been a this has been a really good show. I think it's been really healthy. I think it's been really uh, maybe n- maybe not healing, but maybe healing, um, and uh, just a, a a way for us to kind of this is our therapy. Yeah, we've talked say about this, Brad. This is loud. <laughs> say it clear. You guys don't know that song. I, don't. I, I do. I, I don't but yeah, I don't come know on, the, say it. Just sing it. Just have a beer and sing it. I don't know. What's I don't, if I had a beer, I would, yeah. but I'm not an alcoholic. So. Yeah. No, we, no, we're fucking fall it's down drunk. It's too late. Let's sing. Let's sing like. A I don't death know what song. this is. I don't. It's know. Mike and the Mechanics, the Living Years. Damn it. It could be. I heard. I got. I heard you sing one of those verses. Remember when? Beach Ridge was open. We were pissed <laughs> at the owner. He talked. I think we, we just do got it in, mad in the arms of the angel. And then we just <laughs> left. We should just record an ASPCA commercial. Or we absolutely should not. Do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the arms. We oh, need no. Sean Foster for oh, that one. Fucking He's already Holy smoke. Every, there's a lady with a Rihanna license plate in Maine, and every time I see that license plate, I think of him. <laughs> Is that not the best story you have yes, ever I heard have. in your yes, entire yes. fucking yes. life? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, the car is not in, it's not in very good shape either. <laughs> it has one headlight out. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
Oh, oh shit. Yep. All right. Probably been taken, Canceled. Probably been taken from wall to wall. Yeah. All so. right. Well, this is this has been. I'm not gonna one up that. <laughs> this has been it. Um, just at this point, I think we've tried to close it uh, so many times that just listen to the noise that we bought like a year and a half ago, and then uh, listen to Sean Foster say, "Race car, race car, here we go, race, race car, car, race car, here we go, race car." Yeah.